So I'm really, really excited that people are listening. I'm getting more listeners, more subscribers. This is an ex exciting uh, period right now because it's like um, I get to add more flavors and add more content, which I already have. And then it adds to this creative process of me writing my fourth book, of me reading my, my book again. And it's an, I, don't, I can't even really truly even describe reading your own material and then looking at it like, wow, did I actually write that? But yes, and um, I trust, like the more people that subscribe, the more people that listen, the more and more frequent I add, and the more um, the content I get to unveil to you all. And so once again, this is the addition to the last story that I have, and so in most instances, in this second book and in, even in the third book, I add on to the story that has already been presented. The first book was really an introduction and me getting a voice and feeling my way and, and truly just finishing the book so that I can finish it. And for this book, this one was me catching my stride. It was catching the sense of uh, stability and then playing with all of these different uh, tools that I had. Now, the tool meaning as in my imagination. So me unwillingly, uh, not unwillingly, but unwielding uh, this sense of um, letting myself go when it came to my process was me actually uh, getting that sense of uh, comfortability with playing with my imagination and when this story first started which was bus fair what's fair now that one was Langston in the introduction and then the one afterwards was foil your pants but that one too was in the underlying theme for myself and in all instances of me presenting something to you there's an underlying theme that you would have to find and I won't tell you in most instances this one was what is presented to you. Can you change it? Now, the conversation on the bus when Langston first started and he was just learning who he was and waking up was, okay, this is life, I, I, I suppose, but is everything already presented before me in this life? Is there something else in this life that I can do? Is everything meticulously already planned before me? Or can I play with those tools as well? Now, this isn't a philosophical or existential conversation of, well, the existence of God or anything like this. It pretty much factored into a lot of different other different things. The afterlife, purgatory, heaven or hell, and then the presentation of celestial in itself. And it raises so many different questions of who are we at our core? because it raises that question of okay well if this is presented to me will you just readily accept it as food uh ambrosia like food and then just go on throughout your whole entire life without fighting or bucking something or would you play with the pieces or would you meticulously do something else or even if you had the option to play and sit uh, with god and ask him, well, can I put this in my life because I wanted to experience this and then wake up in waking life and then uh, have these tools. 
would you use it then? And, and it raises even more questions then. So uh, if you've ever seen this movie, I believe it's Waking Life or something like this, where it looks like an acid or mushroom trip, where people are asking these questions or existentially questioning or, or smelling the flowers in life, Langston doesn't have this opportunity because he's thrust into this dreamscape uh, unwillingly, uh, if that makes sense. And so that kind of takes away from that first initial line of questioning but then it goes on that it, it strings him along. And then I, I even have Elroy, and not to ruin what or spoil you as far as what is to happen in this next um, installment, but it's to say what is going to happen. Now, me, I am one of those purveyors of asking an endless line of questions to the point of the person that I'm asking will wonder if they ever answered a question in the beginning at all. And so I never really start asking questions, <laughs> if that makes sense, because they would never end. Meaning as in, if there was a story and then there was a happy ending, what happens afterwards? And so when someone tells me of the afterlife, I always ask, okay, well, what happens? It's not just someone proverbially floating around worshiping something or it's not something where it is just an energetic exchange and then someone takes that and then it's just that forever, half in a day until infinity and beyond. There has to be some sense of uh, flux or a sense of continuity, uh, a, a conversation, if you will, in the in-between moments in life. And that is where I find the most uh, precarious and curious things that happen in life are the things that people peruse over and that is uh, the thing that excites me and that's initially what happens in this next installment because he walks through certain things and Elroy uh, presents him to him like oh well that's this and that's this and even in another instance I even hint at um, some angelic qualities because uh, the upper half of Elroy is of a golden uh, what do you call that wings and after they go through this uh, hallway or a sense of golden doors they go into another dreamscape that one would even consider like a piece of the universe where there are pillars there structures uh, things on fire stuff floating around creatures but no sense of stability at all it's always in flux it's always moving it's always something going on it's never the same so yes, uh, be looking for this, and now that I'm reading it now, I'm definitely adding it to the fourth book because I love just this scene in itself. I am a dreamer and always will be, and this is the childlike quality or this childlike version of myself that survived all the things that have happened to me. And so this is me sharing it in a different quality or a different light in a creative aspect. And I thank you all for listening. Uh, hit the subscribe button. And the more and more you guys uh, listen, the more I add. So thank you so much. And I know you'll love this one. Backgammon Raggedy Roar The air sylphs took Langston by the arms. A giant winged creature dropped down as if he knew his past lives. Charged with surprise, no need for qualms. The room led to brighter skies, light with lights. Stars exploded, spun around, black holed their center of the universe. Elroy, transfixed in the hues, left Langston behind. 
There was no floor to catch rise, the sparks of fire already received, inertiatic kindness. The seas of energy violent, cooing creation's fans worth vibrating. He was out of his element dawning. What was this mad journey? Had he already died a second time? He checked the sprockets on his two feet, sparks, hardly. Thoughts plummeted through his vision, yet all he could do was nibble the scenery. Tawny color currents of fish-like beings bumped his legs, foreshadowing his demise. If death included all of this, how easy could it be to incite the somber rest of a fourth sun prize? He saw a green planet, another so indigo he thought it would it to be a midnight star haze. Hey! He realized he heard a familiar voice call from below. Elroy magically found himself upon rock. More descriptions were ungodly. It would seem this remnant of celestial decorated with plants turned metal. So unruly, he thought, unaware of what it was. His pervading reaction oozed translucent, gaudy, wasteful trove. The winged creature understood Langston's intent immediately. Now that he was on the signature matter, the upper half of the being looked like it belonged on someone, not something else, partly. When you saw its golden wings and the rest of its body was Predator, Lace Camel. Langston walked cautiously, shooting stars raced out of range. You survived another test. You know you could have gone anywhere in the multiverse, yet you chose a cage, a la maze. Do you suppose your quest was set before you? Instructions left in your inner vest? Did I string you along with my mysteriousness? Pretense to believe you were choosing your own path? Wait there, a la maze. In all seriousness, I forgot where I was going, confessed Langston. The journey was seamless, random, unfiltered, brimming with duress, yet floating upon someone else's wings, I trust. Of course, Elroy smirked as he looked down at a sparkling board game. Best of five wins. No finesse. Like I say, I love reading my work over again uh, because I wanted to make it and craft it into something that I would actually do just that. Come back and read it again and then enjoy it. And uh, I see this progression of myself and the maturity of my writing and myself as a, an artist and how much I've, I've come along. And that excites me as well as, as far as how much I can bring uh, to the future. But uh, yeah, this one, like I described, there was so much going on. And if one even considers, you know, when you do something in another place or if you're dreaming, there is no continuity of time. Time is uh, quite relative. And so it could just very well be lifetimes that go along as Langston walks and goes through. And then even at the ending of this uh, said installment, uh, Elroy talks about how he passed a test where most instances someone could easily be distracted or fall off and get lost in whatever it was that was happening in the universe but he or something in Langston propels him to the point of reaching something else there is no point of a goal there is no point of achieving something or taking something from someone and then coveting there was just this sense of experiencing and that is something that I always love when it comes to being an artist is to not just gain something if I see something new for the first time there is no sense of analogy that pops up in my head that makes it look like something else 
there's this sense of, huh, well, that's amazing. So then that propels into another sense of understanding where I get uh, a deeper level of appreciation and then try putting myself in the artist's shoes. There are also other creatures that are there in this said environment, but they interact in almost a dreamlike or ethereal-like fashion where he's just soaking in all of these instances. He even looks down at his feet to confirm if he was alive or dead. Now, his feet in the original, which was the not even bus fare, what's fair, but the one where he's experiencing the bus ride, he was alive because he could see the sparks underneath the bus. He could see the sparks running up his feet. In this place where he's at now, that's not the case. Uh, normal instances of uh, gravity and physics are not the same. And so he's like, well, if that's not the case, well, then he has to even question reality in itself. And I love that, where there's no sense of stability, where uh, an adult is still questioning everything. So this one, and from now on, I will add on to what it is that this being is experiencing. There is no sense of knowingness in Celestial in any instance for any of the characters that I add to it. Now, this is an analogy to us. So as adults, we know everything, but for this one and this entire story, you're gonna have to ask yourself what's going on more than half of the time. <laughs> I even have Elroy uh, quite smirkingly or uh, wittily, witty, as a witty person would do it, comment and ask Langston what is it that's going through his head is this what he expected in any instance because he knows or could actually read what the emotions were going through his mind like hey is this what you expected what was going on is this what you thought the afterlife or you thought this was your decisions and proverbially Langston doesn't even have time to answer before he presents this mysterious game of Bangammon to him. And Bangammon is another uh, form of game that I thought would play into this scenery the best. In most instances, people think of chess. Now, chess is fine, chess is cool, but it is only one part of a grand scheme of things if you overstand uh, the universe and how it operates and how inexplicably there's so many different things we don't understand. And I love that. So the line of questioning and the reason for me choosing Bangammon Raggedy Roar is because there is no sense of ownership of this set space. Elroy could mysteriously be the owner of the space, but I never allude to it, nor will I ever. Proverbially, it's not a dream. It's not purgatory, heaven, or hell. It's just a space that could very well be a dream, could very well be something else. But they have this non-sense of urgency. It's a sense of endearment, where it's just an enjoyment or enjoying of a moment. And so at the end of the said installment, I'm like, yo, let me put in where they're just playing a game. And if not anything that eludes, if not an analogy to life, to play a game and have fun. And we're so serious about so many different things and achieving something. And then after you achieve it, then what do you do? Um, when I was younger, 
I enjoyed life the most because there was no sense of urgency. It was just this sense of me enjoying what it was that I was experiencing. If it was a video game, if it was a television show, I was experiencing it for the first time. And in most instances, those were the best. In the future, I'll go through more of the things and motions that go throughout his mind in this changing environment. But this is something that I enjoy because it's, it's if someone literally was thrust from this world and then thrown into another world and then not seeing whoever it was that they were expecting to see. And then in most instances, it would be nothing that they would expect to see because then it wouldn't just be a dream. And that's why I alluded to Elroy asking like, hey, is this what you expected? Were you playing with these things in your mind? You know, you could have did this. And then he even asked like, well, you know, you could have chosen any place else in the multiverse or any place in your mind, but you chose to be in this set space with me. So then now, and then he doesn't even explain what those choices entail. And, and I enjoy this mysterious nature and this quality. It gives this sense of uh, unknowingness. It adds this sense of uh, ambiguity because he is going to and forever will be perpetually questioning what it is that he's experiencing. And then in most instances, I, I just want people to enjoy what it is that they're experiencing. And so he'll come to find in the future that it's just being there or just those moments that matters the most versus him achieving something or him gaining something it's just that mysterious quality so yes be looking for more and trust i won't explain everything and and i will love that too because i won't try to make myself like an elroy or try to make things confusing on purpose but I'm just telling you how I felt when I first wrote wrote this story and the reasoning of me writing it for myself and all of these stories I wrote for myself so that I could read again just as I'm doing for you today and I won't do it again for quite some time if ever at all um, to explain what it was that I was explaining and give that also another mysterious quality and you will have to figure out what it is that I meant. So thank you so much for listening. Please hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you so much for listening. The more and more you listen, the more you subscribe, I have more stuff to unwill. Like I have an endless trove of stories. You have no idea how many stories I have in my head that I do not even talk about. I barely even write them down that... I know our gifts to someone that I know someone needs to hear because in life you have so many different things that everything is so serious everything is so root that this playful quality will add to that so thank you this is a never-ending story be looking for more and thank you this is V I'm signing off